James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. James Shremko, welcome back to episode 33 of Freedom Ocean. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Tim? I'm very well, thank you, and it is a pleasure to be back uh, on the ocean. I have um, just had a few days in Bali where the ocean was very warm and sublime. Huh. Well, I've had a pretty interesting week as well. Right. I went out on the ocean as well. I went out on Sydney Harbour and Middle Harbour doing some fishing. You love your fishing? I do. You really love your fishing. And uh, did you catch anything? Yep. Besides the cold? No, I caught some fish, caught a um, bonito, and we also caught mackerel and brim or snapper. Yeah. And we did all different types of fishing. There's so many different ways you can fish. It's fascinating. What are you talking about there? You get a spear out, you got a line. Uh, did, you use, uh, did you use dynamite? No, we, but we did, we did surface fishing, which is where you're using a lure and, and no bait. You just you see the fish all moving around the top of the water like crazy. You, you look for birds, they show you where the fish are. You go over to the fish in the boat, you cast your lure and just drag, you wind it in fast and they jump on it. And that is exhilarating, that sort of fishing. And then you do drift fishing where you put your line down without an anchor and you let it go to the bottom on the sand and then your boat drifts and it drags along the bottom and, and you look for flathead that way. So that was you know totally different style of fishing. Now, mate, before our listeners all of a sudden think that, uh, well, because we always get new listeners. Every episode, you know, we get new listeners. Um, we, we don't want to leave them down the track of this is a Welcome to Freedom Ocean, a fishing show. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to ask you then, because uh, you will, you're, you're the king of analogies, um, where's the analogy with fishing and internet marketing? It's just, it's just like internet marketing. It's ridiculously similar. I mean, I knew you would think that. Well, you know, we could stick our lure out anywhere in the harbour, but it's a waste of time unless the fish are there. So what we do is look for the birds because they show us where the fish are. So it's like doing your market research. When you find the fish, you've got your starving crowd and all you need to do is put a bright, shiny object in the water right near the starving crowd and they jump onto it. And next thing <laughs> you know, that you've got the catch. Uh, I knew it. I knew it was there. And listeners, I promise we didn't plan that. Uh, it sounded far too cliche, but uh, absolutely the truth. Fish where the fish are. Yeah, find a starving crowd. You know, it's it's um, a lot of people think that they're going to come up with this great idea and just do it their way. But the reality is, if you were, you know, and by the way, just to frame this, when I go fishing, I just pay the guy to take us fishing. And he's got all the gear. He does it all for us. He even baits the hook, takes us to the right spot with the right gear and we always catch fish. And that's the way that internet marketers could learn how to do this. That's why they're listening to the show because we know how to do internet marketing and by talking about the different aspects of it and then implementing the things we talk about, some of our audience members are they're literally catching the fish. I love that. I love that. Uh, well, uh, we, what we will do is uh, we'll move on from that, but that sounds like a lovely time. And, and I didn't go fishing in Bali, but I went snorkelling, so, um, uh, and I went where the fish were as well. So we must have been, you know, must have been thinking in line, huh, in fishing line. Boom, boom. Please oh, insert no. drum effect. <laughs> no, terrible. It was terrible. 
sorry. I can, you know, I'll get better as the as the show goes on. Hey, mate, a um, couple of things. We've got a bit to talk about, so um, let's get stuck in. Um, two things. Well, from my point of view, uh, last episode and the one before, we talked about uh, a key word that I wanted to rank for uh, in my business, which is the ideas guy, which is effectively a marketing consultancy. And um, one of the things that I do want to rank for is uh, well for is being a marketing speaker. And I think when you checked out how I was ranking on that two or three episodes ago, can you remember where I was in Google? No. Uh, some eagle-eyed listener would tell us, but it was yeah, probably positioned, you were probably in the top 14 listing somewhere, but definitely not in the top half of the first page. No, in fact, I was way back. I was, I think, I was actually fourteenth um, like or something. Yeah, oh, even far back. Um, you might have been page four. Uh, so you know, well, well back. Anyway, um, as of as of today, checking before I came on air, I'm now on page one. Uh, page one, rank nine, uh, which I'm pretty happy about. And um, I reckon with a bullet, I've got a feeling, a good feeling about it. So what I've done. What I did in, in regards to that, I took your advice and uh, I wrote a I wrote a blog post and I'll put I'll put a link to that blog post in our show notes so you can see it. But it was effectively um, things I it was it was a bit of a little points eight points that I keep in mind when I'm a marketing speaker. So it was a blog post about being a marketing speaker. So that gave me uh, a bit of juice. Then I went and um, I updated my bio. On another website, I had for my for my other lover, my other podcast, small business, big marketing, and that's got a page. That's got a PR five ranking that website. And when you say I that up- website, you mean the homepage on that website, right? Oh well, that's interesting. No, I don't. I mean the about us page on that website. Well, you, each page has its own page. Has, has it, yeah, right. Keep that in mind. Yes, yeah, no, you're right. So, um, well, our homepage has a PR5. I don't know what the About Us page has, but I I did uh, embellish that with some information about my marketing speaking uh, qualities. Uh, And then, now I'm embarrassed to say this, um, so um, feel free to get the virtual uh, whip out, but I bought some dirty SEO, I call them dirty, I don't know whether they're dirty, dirty SEO links, backlinks on Fiverr. Hey, hey! Oh, there's a silence. You're still there. Just, I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> oh, jeez! Really? Only because we've 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 had some customers. Uh, we do quite a lot of SEO work, and one customer was going so well, and then their site tanked. And when we did a backlinks report, they had the grubbiest links ever. And we said, "These links aren't from us. What, what have you been doing?" And they said, "We went and got some." edu links from fiverr and they were just crap links like <laughs> had no authority they were oh. on the same page as links from porno and gambling sites and we suspect we i mean it's hard to tell but we suspect that didn't help their site in any way and probably dropped the average sort of link quality across the site right so you have well, to be careful uh, about that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, clearly, uh, I, I won't then tell you that um, these links I bought were .edu links. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, this is the thing. It's really trendy to get .edu links, and they're fantastic. But I can, I, I'm pretty certain they're no better than a good .com. And it, it's just that people say they're trusted, but people have set up these scam .edu sites that that they just gorge for linking purposes and. 
I don't know. If you were to compare that to some results with uh, quality established mature backlinks, uh, then I think you'll, you'll actually do more good for your site in the long run. And so it depends if you want that spa bath effect. If you're lucky enough for it to actually work, good one. But That's hilarious. You know, well, it's like very it, dangerous. I'll, I'll bend, it's, it's, um, it's really like buying drugs down at the, the local bar, a bar that have been made from rat poison. You, you just don't know what you're getting with a fiver thing. It's, the quality could be a little bit patchy. Right. Well, well, all I know is that um, it was a bit of a one-off, and what I do know is that I'm now on the bottom of page one uh, with a bullet. I've got a couple of other little ideas which I intend to um, activate um, shortly. I've got some video of of me speaking, and just you know, I've been meeting to cut that up and upload it uh, to YouTube and do some proper descriptions and tagging and all that. Um, but you're right because I used your SEO service. Um, this month, as you know, talked about in the last episode. I had a laugh about it in the last episode because I had a number of questions for Matt. Um, but um, on one of the links, on one of the key phrases we identified, um, I've gone from beyond page 10. Well, not me, a client has gone from beyond page 10 for this keyword onto uh, page one. Right. So there you go. Uh, I'll send the testimonial later, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised, <laughs> you know, and, and I. Put it this way, with, with the hundreds of clients we have, uh, if a customer can't improve their rank, the report gets sent to me and I get about three a month. And when we look, it's usually something that the customer's got wrong with their site, like the developer accidentally left no index, no follow, or they uh, they took a carbon copy of the site and put it on a new domain and want to rank unoriginal content or something silly like that. So I know our stuff works really well. Good on you, Timbo. So I th- I've got something for you that you might find interesting. You know how you sometimes beat yourself up a bit because this internet stuff's a bit confusing? <laughs> sometimes. Right. Is that like, um, yeah, frequently? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I do. hourly or whatever. But yep. I actually got a uh, support request from one of our listeners who works for a very large company and this this is a company who who do several hundred million dollars a year in sales and they'd embarked on an internet campaign and they were not getting the results that they had hoped for or that needed they needed to get and they actually asked if I could just have a look at what they've done and give them some ideas and the the interesting thing is that uh, there's really not a lot of difference between the success they were having and the success that a lot of people starting out are having. So having massive budgets and having all the resources available to you uh, can still result in uh, a less than perfect implementation. So it, it really isn't as easy or basic as one might think. So uh, I thought that might give you a little bit of comfort. Oh, that's reassuring. Well, it's kind of reassuring in the sense that, okay, so what you've said is there are big guys out there having similar confusing times, but then you've also said it's not as easy as you think it is. Um, I thought well, you were these, say these it. massive companies, they're, they're not split testing. They don't put yeah. out a minimum viable product and test it on a very small scale first before they roll hundreds of thousands into a project. They basically just come up with an idea uh, they think it's going to work, so they just make it happen. It doesn't work. And then it's all because they're so far invested in it, they have to just, you know, basically do death rolls to try and make it work until it gets the plug pulled on it. And and it's, 
doesn't matter whether you're a big company or a small company or a single operator, there are just certain things like the surface fishing I was talking about before. There's some things that if you just do it right the first time based on a pretty good hypothesis and you test it in a small way, you're going to know before there's too much uh, wasted resource whether it's a really good idea or not. And that's, that's what I've been doing with my little businesses is just rolling out new businesses and testing them. And when they take, they just, they go, they really do go. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And, and I think one of the things that, um, because I grew up in an advertising environment and, and it wasn't, I mean, it, dealing with massive budgets, you know, reflecting on those times, you know, I was looking after clients that were spending, you know, 10, 15, $20 million a year uh, on above the line advertising. Um, and there wasn't a lot of testing, you know, back then it wasn't, it wasn't as scientific. The guys that, that were doing that stuff were for the big companies were generally the direct marketers, the direct marketers. They're the guys who have understood the power of, of split test and making constant, continual, small improvements the whole time. Yeah, well, I, I was reading a blog post by Drayton Bird, who's a fabulous writer and co- copywriter. He and is good, they isn't were, he? They were doing um, matrix testing way, way back, and they didn't invent it. They knocked it off from someone else, but well before we got the fancy terms of um, Taguchi testing and multivariate, they, the direct response <laughs> guys were doing this ages ago. Drayton Bird's an interesting guy, just aggressing, but he, um, I signed up to his list maybe two months ago and um, he's, not a, he's not scared of sending emails. I think I get one a day. Yeah, and I send an email a day on my blog. So, you know, that's a whole discussion itself, but I'm, uh, Drayton Bird along with Seth Godin are two of, well, they're pretty much the only people that I get emails from, I think. Uh, I do get your small business big marketing emails. But I just want to keep an eye out, keep an eye, on, look after you, see what you're up to. Oh, that's very kind. That's very, you can rec- you can reply to one of those one day and just you know, just even say oh thanks, you know, saw it, didn't. You know, read that's it. one of our <laughs> tricks from before. <laughs> How annoying are those no reply emails? They just they absolutely drive me nuts. Absolutely, I tell you what the that idea of on an email that you send to your list, um, the ability to put, um, well, not the ability to put, just to put a PS that says um, got a question, hit reply. Um, that has increased um, our res- the responsiveness of our listeners um, multiple times, um, and I think it makes people feel loved. It's the first thing I teach a, cust- a customer of mine in, in high level coaching is. I've seen people in forums brag about how they've managed to outsource all their support and they never even have to hear from a single customer. Their their people are shielding them from refund requests and product questions and stuff. And I think, you idiot, that is the best way to grow your business known to man is actually respond to customers to understand their problems even better so that you can create solutions that are useful for them. And there is your innovation hub. That is your learning outcome. If you want to measure success, it's really going to come down to what did you learn and how can you go back to market with a better offer, a refined offer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, you know what? It's actually fun. (laughs) It's actually fun seeing that communication and um, people might think they're going to be inundated and maybe every now and then they will be. But um, I think people are fairly respectful. Um, We get get long emails um, for both Freedom Ocean and Small Business Big Marketing where people, you know, share some really interesting stuff. But it's not as if it, it doesn't take a lot of time and I find it's some of the best market research you can do. 
It is. It's, it is your, a living, breathing customer is your best market research. It's not a, it's not a focus group <laughs> because there's a difference between um, preference and performance. You know, when you do market research and all that mumbo jumbo, people will tell you one thing, but then they won't go along and perform accordingly to what they told you. You know, if we made this, would you buy it? Sure. Yeah, I'd take two. Hey, we made it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and look, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, not wrong time. Well, as, as uh, Henry Ford said, and I think uh, Steve Jobs would probably have a similar quote, but uh, Henry Ford said if we um, if he asked people if he if he'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. So um, I do love so that. So what quote. are we talking about today, Tim? <laughs> oh, mate, we're, we're nearly there. We're nearly at the um, the thirty minute mark. But what we did say we would talk about and and close the loop on uh, was uh, a quote you made in a couple of shows, two or three episodes ago, that where you said Twitter is Facebook's bitch. And uh, we had some very good responses, a few laughs from people on our Facebook and emails, but um, I thought we should maybe finish this episode with a bit of a discussion um, about what you meant by that and how we both feel about those two channels. So what did you well, mean by so Twitter you, is Facebook's Are you in page? love with Twitter at the moment or do you hate it again? Because you seem to have yeah. a <laughs> love-hate relationship. Yeah, well, the, the, the love of Twitter ended about three and a half, no, three years ago for me. So that'd be about six months. I reckon I've been on it for about three and a half years. Um, six months in, I think the polish wore off and I realised that it was a powerful, a powerful channel. Um, but I think if I was to do, um, if I was to factor in the amount of time I've spent physically tweeting uh, and and mentally thinking up what to share, um, I'm not sure that the, the, the hourly rate would be satisfactory. Um, I, so, yeah, I, I, I can't quite bring myself to letting Twitter go, but it's not as important to me as it used to be. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, what I meant by my comment was that I'm really not. I'm not a, a Twitter expert. You know, I saw some guy the other day. His whole existence on Earth is he's a he's a Twitter expert. And I'm thinking, is, he, is that that guy in England? Was he in England? He's in Australia, I think. And I'm uh, thinking, that's oh, really yeah. sad. Like that. I know. I know who that is. And Do you? Um, yeah, but but he's yeah. also still learning all about it. I'm something. Yeah. Well, you're either a freaking expert or you're still learning. But you, you know, you're not. You can't have it a bet each way. No, aside from no. that, that's a very microscopic market. I think uh, it's for me. It's just a traffic repeater. It's a it's a way to rebroadcast my content. So I have a little. Um, what do I call it? An authoring process for, for content. It goes like this. It goes from my head into Evernote. It goes from Evernote to a blog post. It goes from my blog post to Facebook and then Facebook to Twitter. And that's basically how it goes. But it's a rapid authoring process because it's highly automated. So I can literally cut and paste from Evernote into my blog post. I post like normal and when I finished... I can go and embed that blog post link into my Facebook page and that's basically all I have to do. After that, Facebook will auto-tweet that content and my job with uh, Twitter is really just to log on to it maybe twice a day, once in the morning and once at night, click on my at symbol and respond to anyone who responded to my uh, tweet. 
and uh, I'm only following 80 or 90 people. I, I don't want all the noise and the crap. I'm only following mostly news services or people who have something interesting to say that I'm interested to hear from. And I just scroll through, you know, what the latest sort of updates are once a day just to see the news. You know, I like to know if there's there's been a, a change in politics or if there's a tax thing or a bushfire or whatever. It's interesting to know that uh, just in, in terms of society. But that way I never have to watch the news. I never have to watch Today Tonight. I don't have to read the newspaper. don't have to listen to the radio. So it really is my one news stream. So I use it as a consumer to be aware of the market and to follow some, some authority figures. And as a content creator and as a traffic device, I use it as my broadcast outlet for people who happen to be on that channel and who are interested in following me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And in fact, um, in my uh, more recent experience, the last 12 months, I would say that Twitter's very much become a news source for me. Um, I found out about the Japanese earthquakes on Twitter. Uh, I found out about Michael Jackson's death on Twitter. And they're the things that I remember thinking, well, that was useful. You know, it was like it's instant right there. And then um, I found out stuff. But as a, as a channel to market... Um, Less so, uh, and you know, and you know, when you're limited to 140 characters, um, it does it does make it hard um, to to actually be anything more than just a sort of an updating service. The other thing I found is um, for me, it's actually been good when my website, when um, my business website went down a few weeks ago, and it literally went down. The whole all content disappeared. Um, uh, I went out on Twitter and um, I had about 14 responses in about within a 60 seconds, um, one of which was this guy in England who listens to both Freedom Ocean and my other show and he fixed it within 140 characters. Uh, and in fact, only today, this morning actually, um, he sent through a request uh, for me to recommend him on link LinkedIn, which I was more than happy to do. So um, I've, all, I've, I've always found it actually really useful. I've never tried Facebook for this and I'm pr Facebook would probably be just as effective, but I found it really useful uh, to have questions answered or to find service providers? Well, I think basically the the summary for me is I think it's a, a good broadcasting service. It's good to, to catch other people's broadcasts and it's good to broadcast your own message. But for me, it doesn't really go any deeper than that. I may post the odd picture. I might craft the odd post, but it's usually going to be something of mine linking to somewhere else. Back to my race course, because I don't want to build an empire mm. on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what that other guy's uh, done that's so daft is he's surrendered him his whole business to some other platform, which could be pulled from him at any point. And then what's he going to be an expert in now? Oh, you could say there's a lot of people doing that with Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn. I mean, that's no different to... It's it's not a job. No. I don't care what other people think. It's, it's really, it's not a career. No, no, no it's not. <laughs> don't be a Twitter expert. <laughs> it's daft. Uh, well, that's interesting. And uh, part of me would like to kind of give it up, um, but there is just part of me that thinks, oh, I should just maintain it. And so now I am just maintaining it now and not not making it um, a major part of my my marketing strategy, which, which I used to do. You know, interestingly enough, Jay, James, tomorrow uh, I am interviewing the managing director of LinkedIn in Australia. Um, and LinkedIn is something that 
I have spent um, a little bit of time on. Well, you know, I've spent a fair bit of time on, but I haven't immersed myself in it like I have um, Twitter or Facebook. So I'm actually really looking forward to um, getting a sense of how he thinks uh, small businesses should should use LinkedIn. Do you use it at all? No, I, I advertise on it, and I've got a bunch of people friending me on it, but I never never log into it at all because to me, I see it as the collar and tie corporate set which has got zero interest for me i'm not i'm not in that market anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if i had a job and i was a ceo or a bank a banker or something i could see linkedin being useful or if i was a business development manager for a um, premium enterprise software provider or something sure i could see that that might be useful but i really mm. don't think it's i don't think it's my market i think facebook's i more think that's my really market. interesting i think um well maybe you but us i mean i could see linkedin being quite effective if we were to ever say go and do some some pay-per-click advertising for freedom ocean i could see linkedin being effective because i i get a sense that there's a a, a large portion of our listeners, not necessarily the majority, but there's a lot out there who we would call the corporate escapees. Uh, who oh, I've been into one of our customers' uh, places in a you yeah. know, couple of hundred million dollars worth <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, facilities. But there'd be a lot of people listening who were, who were... I'm sure they would. So, I mean, I actually do advertise in LinkedIn, yeah. but I don't participate in it because for me, this is the other thing. You've got to put the context to this. I know a far greater return on investment for me. I know exactly what I should be doing. So I have my favorite traffic channels. So LinkedIn is not a, a, a product. It is a, it's a traffic channel. It's a marketing conduit to your mm. product. So I've, I've got uh, bigger, fatter pipelines um, pushing business into my business. And if I spend time developing relationships with my existing customers without even having to worry about getting a single new customer, I can grow my business, double it, quadruple it faster than uh, turning on a pipeline of brand new people who I've got to go through all the rigmarole with. And this is what I think so few people understand, it appears to be. Stop wasting all this time trying to get new customers just maintain and sustain the relationships with your existing customers and you don't have to use those services for that you can definitely do it uh, in a in a closer environment to the point where I actually had a workshop in my house this week first time I've done that I've been planning it to do it for years and I just I did mm-hmm. it and it was one of the most satisfying things I've ever done just having six people in the room and really digging into business and helping them to understand their business and helping me to develop um, my very best customers and help their business grow because my business automatically grows as their business grows. It's very interesting. Were those six people that came, um, people who from Fastweb, were they part of Silver Circle or who'd been at Fastweb? Yeah, they were Silver yeah. Circle people who took the Silver Circle intensive. That's right. Oh, okay. So, this is not even marketed to the public. They, public people from the public can't come to this event. They have they have to first be in Silver Circle, and then within Silver Circle, I have a very small workshop intensive. And and to come to that, it really helps that they've been with me for several months on a weekly call, building up their building blocks and getting their business ready to to take off. And it, it was quite interesting. But a lot of them had this, the same experience where they're business is almost at that, uh, in one case, it's doubled in three months and it, it was not an unsubstantial business to start with, already a six figure, but doubled in three months with this continual exposure. And the thing that we really 
identified as causing that was that the they'd all repotted. They'd all gone from their constrained pot plant in, into directly into the ground with a, an environment around them to support and nurture that the next stage of growth for their business. And I know we're slightly off track here, but what I'm saying is I'm telling these people, don't worry so much about obsessing over all these tricky ways to go and get new customers because the money in your business is sitting there with the people who you've already dealt with and dealt with in the past. So customer reactivation for me is a more important priority than customer acquisition. What do you say to the business that hasn't got the? Because you're talking about, I mean, some of these people have got already got um, significant lists. So, what if you're talking about a business that isn't? No, they don't have significant okay. lists. I mean, someone like you, mm-hmm. you've you've probably dealt with people for several years, but a lot of your energy goes on finding new customers. But there's probably a number of things you could do to collate and uh, curate and repackage and extend the offers that you currently have to go back to the people who you've already dealt with. So everyone you've ever done a keynote address for is probably a more uh, warm candidate for you doing a keynote address tomorrow than someone you don't know yet from LinkedIn. Yep, yep, fair point, fair point. Well, uh, that's worth a show in itself, mate. I'd like to hear more about... Um, but I will listen to your LinkedIn interview and I'll, I'll um, happily take an opinion well, on it because I really don't know a lot no, about it. No, neither do I. That's and that's why I'm actually quite excited. It's been pretty hard to get this, nail this guy down for an interview. And in fact, what we did yesterday was email out uh, to our list to say, hey, we're interviewing the... Because the, there is a lot of interest, the, the typical insight into LinkedIn, and we won't spend too much time talking about LinkedIn now, but it's like, geez, I get all these connections, these requests to connect and I accept them, but I don't know what to do after that. And we sent an email out to our listeners yesterday uh, and asking them, hey, what would you ask if you had the opportunity to sit with the guy, the managing director of LinkedIn, what would you ask him? And um, we got about 40 responses. So it's been, um, it's clearly a, um, it's to- it's topical and it's probably a question that's on everyone's mind. And it was all about that. It's exactly like, how do I use it? You know, why should I pay for the premium service? How do I use the free service to optimize my business? So, hey, mate, before we wrap it up, so you've t- we've talked about Twitter, that's your broadcast medium it's the way of finding news um so facebook for you then how would you summarize facebook within your business in a couple of words or a couple of sentences it's one of the strongest relationship builder platforms that i've got it is a um i mean everyone is on it it's it it is the place to be you know forget google plus or whatever facebook is one of the best places to build relationships and to be able to access huge communities. I've got the insights just on my fan page of about two and a half thousand people. I can access 1.1 million friends of friends. And so that's broad reach. Plus I use paid Facebook advertising. It's an absolute winner. Crushing it with paid Facebook advertising. It drives people straight into um, websites, to SEO, to my information products, so I think Facebook is great. However, I've adapted, I've moved everything back one layer. And by that, I mean, I want to own the race course. So I've started my personal blogging and where I would have gone to Facebook and post something useful. Now I'm posting it on my blog and then I'm embedding my blog. And I think in the last two weeks that I've sent out a blog post every day and I'm building up a new list there. And the open rate on the emails is about, 
50%, so it's very, very strong for a daily email. And I'm just going to keep growing that. And over a year or two, I think it will be um, a, an asset. So whatever happens to Facebook, it won't really matter. But over time, I think I'll migrate the majority of my fans and contacts into my system somewhere. So they'll be on a, on a blog or a list or into a product database that I can maintain contact mm. no matter what happens. So, so Facebook is a traffic for me, not a product. So when you say you want to own the race course and you're back to blogging and not – I mean, what you would have updated, you know, the blog posts that you're now writing and putting on your own website, you would never have put on Facebook anyway because it was – Yes, I would have. I, I used to big. blog onto Facebook and – no, you'll, I mean, not on jamesshramco.com. They'd actually fit on Twitter, those posts. They're tiny, and people love the tiny yeah, they posts. Do. They do. Okay, so you, you, the posts that you're writing now daily, you, you're saying you would have put that holus bolus onto, onto a Facebook update prior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I thought, this is stupid. I need to take my own advice here. And I put it on my property, and then I'll promote my property to my Facebook. Well, I, I wonder um, too whether um, you, what you said about Facebook ads is interesting because I, I still think that, and you said you're getting a fair bit of traction from using them. Um, one thing I hear from a lot of small business owners is that Facebook ads still feel a little bit invisible. We don't look to the right. I mean, people used to say that about Google ads, but now that's not the case. People actually rely on those those Google Google ads and, and click on them more often. But but that that's it. That's an opinion. That's yep. that's bullshit. Yeah. Well, you've got numbers you know to what? back Let's it up. Let's work with fact. You put the ad up, and either people click on it and buy something or they don't and you can measure that with the interwebs you know so you can you can factually say this is effective or this is not effective and and remember that most most businesses have no clue about most things anyway because they end up going bust so you have to factor in that there's probably in, in any market there's only a handful of operators that actually have a clue and those people are cleaning up and there's people spending thousands every day on Facebook making tens of thousands every day back it's a matter of going back to fishing we started at the beginning of the episode you've got to find those fish at the surface and just cast your lure straight over the top and in my case I'm doing some pretty uh, targeted, focused uh, demographic advertising. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know exactly who my audience is and we know where they are and we know what offer they're interested in and we just test that. Because I have Jen helping me, we're running a bunch of different graphics. Like they'll do a dozen different ads for the same product and I give them a tracking link and we basically check the conversions. If we're making more money with our sales than what it costs us to get the customer, mm-hmm. That's a good marketing strategy. Well, you mentioned Jen. That's Jen Sheen. And um, I had Jen on my masterclass late last year and she went through some um, some wonderful insights into how to make your – and she shared it on fast, at Fast Web Formula 3 as well where, um, you know, just some really simple little tricks, um, you know, testing – even down to the testing of putting a border around your image in your ad, what to put in the image in your ad, what colour the border should be, what thickness the border should be. Um, there's some really Really clever little um, insights that um, people can can get hold of, and, and uh, from well, one of the simplest ones I do is I have four different um, fan pages or three pa- three pages in a personal profile, right. and I can actually target people who are on my other pages, but one, they're on one but not the other. I can actually access those people directly, you know, and be just marketing to them. So it's extremely targeted. 
if people want to find out that, James, and we, we'll wrap this up because um, our 30-minute show has gone to 45. Um, but if people wanted to uh, to find out more about that because we could talk for a long time about um, you know, how to maximise your use of Facebook, um, they can go to our products page at freedomotion.com and they could get my masterclass where Jen talks for about two hours on how to create a Facebook advertising campaign or they could get uh, – can they still get Fast Web Formula 3, the videos? Because Jen spoke there as well. No. It's gone. It's off, it's the, off market. the market. It's going to be it's part of the – It's not available as a – Standalone. It's part of the new community that's coming. Okay. So they can pre-register for that they from can. our products page. Yep. And click on any of the banners and they'll get an early opening offer. I would highly recommend that you do one or t'other or both because um, there is some absolute gold and um, without us going into detail on, on Facebook, um, you can hear it all from Jen. So, mate, uh, lovely to hear your dulcet tones. Uh, and you know, uh, Tim, you don't, don't get all excited. but. yeah. yeah. My ninjas ask when the next episode's coming out. They are oh. avid listeners. They what? So you should say hi to them. Hello, ninjas. We there love the we love the ninjas. We we love getting this ninjed, and the more often Freedom Ocean gets ninjed, the more often we know it's getting out there. So um, I think we're back into a nice little flow. Um, one of the things that we have agreed upon, and our listeners will probably have picked up on by now, is that the shows are much more um, well, not so much much more topical, but um, we are going to cover what's on our minds. Um, with me asking questions along the way, as is the case, uh, as is the premise of the show, but. Um, I think it works well. I think, uh, and the ninjas do a wonderful job getting the transcripts out. And uh, listeners, if you sign up at freedomotion.com, you will get a transcript of every single show that we've ever done and every show we'll do in the future. And there are some listeners creating books out of them, James. Maybe we should do that one day and print it. Oh, we, could make, we could make an iBook. And we actually, could. the ninjas have already done that just quietly. They have made an iBook from Freedom Ocean. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. They have. They're where, scary. Where do they? Scary. Where do we find that? Is it on the newsstand? Uh, it's on their computer at the moment. Oh, they're they're in it. development. We oh, think information that. products are going to have a massive run. Yeah. Yep. yep. Good. Well, uh, mate. Until next week. Been a pleasure. And um, thank you for sharing, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. And that is another episode of the Ocean in the Can. See you next week, James. See you, Timbo. See you, mate. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 